0: Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long.
1: Well, this is a big news program as we're going to talk about the leak from the U.S. Supreme Court An unprecedented act that actually, according to legal experts, hasn't happened in over 100 years. We're talking about the breaking Politico story. The left-wing publication from Washington, D.C., reported last night that a majority opinion was written by Justice Alito, Samuel Alito, and indicated that in a 5-4 decision, the Roe v. Wade had been overturned, but no official statement from the U.S. Supreme Court was issued. This was a leaked document of a draft opinion that was provided to Politico. And so there's lots of questions with that alone. So let me read to you our statement from the organization. We rejoice if it it is indeed the truth that Roe v. Wade has been overturned. However, there is no official announcement from the court. Legal experts have informed us that a leak at the U.S. Supreme Court of this caliber has not taken place in over 100 years. Politico is a left-wing publication. The material that was provided to them from an undisclosed source obviously came from within the U.S. Supreme Court from one of the left-wing justices or a member of their staff. The purpose of this leak was indeed uh, be to get one of the justices to change their mind before the final decision with the majority's opinion, is released officially to the public. So while we rejoice, we urge everyone to pray until the official announcement comes down from the U.S. Supreme Court. This has always been a life-and-death struggle over this issue of abortion in our country, and the forces of darkness are not going to go quietly. We must pray with all fervor and sincerity and appeal to heaven for the lives of the innocent unborn The Ohio Christian Alliance will have an additional statement when the official Dobbs v. Jackson's SCOTUS decision is handed down. Now let's go to a clip from Mark Levin, who is an attorney who actually served some time at the U.S. Supreme Court when he was in law school as a clerk. Let's hear what he has to say on the news programs last night when this broke.
2: When you conduct yourself in an utterly lawless way... Attacking the institutions of this country, attacking the founding documents of this country, attacking the history of this country. This is what you get lawlessness. It's just a matter of time. All these institutions are going to collapse. This is a grave assault on the Supreme Court. When I was in law school, I was actually an intern to Chief Justice Warren Berger. I saw how it operated. And I can tell you, this institution takes its confidentiality seriously. Why? That's the coin of the realm. They've got to be able to talk about ideas freely. They've got to be able to discuss this without political pressure. Why do people think these are lifetime appointments? Uh, And of course, the Democrat Party is destroying this country. Look at the confirmation process. It started with Bork. The Democrats targeted him under Kennedy and Biden. And it moves on to others, including Clarence Thomas, including Kavanaugh. Republicans don't treat Democrat nominees this way. They may object to them. When you say the Supreme Court doesn't look like America, you're undermining the credibility of the court.
1: That was uh, Mark Levin's comments uh, last night when all of this broke. Well, w- today's program, we're going to have with us one of my good friends, who is a real champion in the pro-life community, and I could think of no one better to have on the program today to address this issue, as we're all waited with waiting with bated breath as to when this decision will come down. Followed by U.S congressman jim jordan later this hour let's go right now to mark harrington who is the president of created equal a pro-life advocacy organization that actually goes to the streets with the images of abortion to turn the hearts and minds of young people on college campuses across the land mark welcome to the program
0: thanks for having me chris
1: well, Mark, this has been a very turbulent ride here. It's not even been 24 hours. What are your thoughts about all of this?
0: Well, I think we were all anticipating that the Supreme Court was going to overturn Roe versus Wade. That's what many legal analysts had uh, come to the conclusion on. None of us would have predicted this was going to be the way that we were going to find out. I was sitting in front of my computer last night and I get an email from a friend just saying, dude, with, you know, exclamation point with the article from the Politico uh, uh, writing about uh, Justice Alito's uh, leaked draft majority opinion. And I thought it was uh, like spam or something. This is crazy. Nine o'clock Eastern time on a Monday night. I figured this would be a big announcement on the final day of the court's session, which is on June 26th. That's what I figured, what most of us figured. But that's not how it went down. And now it really does appear now that the U.S. Supreme Court is validating that this is a leaked draft. It is authentic. It does appear that the U.S. Supreme Court is going to overturn Roe versus Wade. So
1: you have confidence that nothing is going to change the the opinion of the five justices that are writing this majority opinion, because the, in, the, the nefarious intent here by the leaker, and we don't know exactly, is this an individual? Is this a group? Uh, who's behind this? Who was in receipt of the material from the U.S. Supreme Court? I think that those, those questions have to be answered here, because the very institution of the U.S. Supreme Court is, is an institution, It's the third branch of our government, the justice system. This, this is a knock at their court. So let me read for our listeners the statement by Chief Justice, because this is his court. This is Chief Justice John Roberts, and this is what he said. To the extent this betrayal of the confidences of the court was intended to undermine the integrity of our operations, it will not succeed. The work of the court will not be affected in any way. We are at the court are blessed to have a workforce, permanent employees and law clerks alike, intensely loyal to the institution and dedicated to the rule of law. Court employees have an exemplary and important tradition of respecting the confidentiality of the judicial process and upholding the trust of the court. This was a singular and egregious branch of that trust that is an affront to the court and the community of public servants who work here. I have directed the marshal of the court to launch an investigation into the source of the leak. Now, this is what uh, Justice Roberts stated today. Your thoughts on his statement?
0: Absolutely correct. Uh, We're going to get to the bottom of it. He's dedicated to doing that. He called it a betrayal. I think this is true. Uh, of course the left wants to say that this is common that this happens there's leaks on uh, opinions before they're released to the public. Uh, this is not the case, Chris. And think about the That's industry. absolutely a bold-faced lie. That's not the
1: truth. That's there's true. never been a leak of this caliber in 100 years. I would love it's to be confronting not. the person who would even suggest that on the left side.
0: Yeah, well, you're going to see that from the left. Of course, as Mark Levin put well, this is an attempt to destroy the integrity of the U.S. Supreme Court as an institution. Uh, they've been saying for a very long time that it's a rogue court, that it lacks credibility. It doesn't represent the American people. This is just part and parcel with the left's plan to undermine all of our institutions. I'm not surprised by it. I think we're going to get to the bottom of it. But more importantly, Chris... Can
1: I can I interrupt you just for a minute? You know, friend, when you say that, you're not surprised by it. And, you know, I've been educated by you because you you keep trying to educate me on really the base nature of these people. I mean, you confront them, you and your team. This last week, you folks were out there at a college university. They surrounded your bust and chased you off the campus when you were just simply exercising your free uh, right of freedom of speech. So, Maybe we should start listening to Mr. Harrington when he's saying, you have no idea the depths of which these people can descend." And so we see it playing out here. Like you said, many people are shocked by this, but you're saying, well, we understand what they're about. Nothing's beyond the pale with them. You've been trying to tell us that.
0: Here's an example of it. They don't play by the rules. They want to destroy the rules. They want no rules unless they favor them and we've found that more and more over the last 5 years and it's just increasingly becoming more difficult to convince people that we should uh, be able to disagree without being disagreeable and we're seeing the destruction of civil society this is just one another attempt to do that i think we need to look beyond it unfortunately it is it is the playbook it's how they operate we need to be able to realize that come to grips with it and figure out a way to still succeed despite the fact that we are playing with folks or working with others who do not play fair, who do not operate in good faith, and at any moment they will undermine you and uh, and what you stand for. So the, the bottom line is this, Chris, and I, this is why I'm encouraged. Reading Justice Alito's opinion into the late night last night, I was very, very um, proud um, the, <laughs> excuse me, that we have men and women in this country that will do the right thing, despite the pressure and the attacks that they inevitably are going to face. I could not imagine what it would be to be Justice Alito today. Uh, that man deserves our prayers, along with the other four justices that appear to be joining him. In the majority, if anything, this has restored my confidence in our institutions and the men and women of the United States who stand for righteousness and truth. There's still a lot of us out there, and uh, we should be we should be very, very proud of this decision. Uh, Just pray that the next two months that nothing happens to uh, peel off or uh, convince one of these justices to flip. Well, let me
1: ask you that. So here's Andy McCarthy in a a news piece last night. This was from the Daily Wire and Anthony McCarthy. He said this, if this story is true, the court should issue its opinion right away. Otherwise, the disgraceful leak wins. I would say that if my side lost, if we lose the integrity of the court's process, we lose the court. That should be intolerable to all of us who live in this country. So here's an opinion. And then, of course, it was uh, more evidence by reports uh, that it was uh, either a a clerk uh, of one of the justices, and it may even be complicit with a justice. And this this will be interesting. But here's one um, tweet from uh, uh, Mr. Johnson. He says, I just spoke with former Supreme Court clerk. They are horrified. This is his quote. This leak has to come from a clerk or a justice themselves it is intended to blow up the court, criminal investigation needs to happen. Now they suggest Zoidemeyer has most radical leftist staff. Now this is a former clerk, okay? So these are people that have worked inside the court, worked as clerks over the years, understand the process, the integrity of the court, and they are as shocked as anyone else as the breach of protocol and of legality. I mean, you know, there was, this is an illegal act. So from what I hear you saying and from what, you know, I'm gathering Justice uh, Roberts is that he's wanting this to now take the course of what it would normally be. Now, some thought the decision would come down in March. So explain to us why some decisions come down in March and other decisions come down in June. How is that? How does that work?
0: Well, it's really up to the court to set the, the, uh, the schedule. Many people believed that this would come out sooner rather than later because of the Texas heartbeat bill being upheld in court. And many felt that the U.S. Supreme Court wanted to settle this once and for all and get it done early. Apparently, that's not the case. It looks like um, at least, well, I mean, the vote had happened apparently in, in December. And this draft opinion was issued and circulated amongst the justices in February. So this has been out there. But this is just a draft. It could end up being the final opinion, for all we know, uh, but it, it really, g- generally speaking, they do come out, at least in the modern times, late into the term, so uh, it's not unusual for it to be this long. Uh, either way, I, I think uh, this, this decision is what it is, and it looks like we're, we're looking at the overturning of Roe versus Wade, and it's time for the pro-life movement to begin to look beyond that and prepare for a post grow America.
1: We're talking with Mark Harrington. He is the president of Created Equal, a pro-life advocacy organization that takes the images of abortion to the streets of America, to college campuses, and so that people can see firsthand when we talk about the nefarious idea of abortion becomes a stark reality when they see the grotesque images of abortion. These young people engage with people of their own age and debate with them over the issue of life. Mark, uh, we have saw protest at the court last night. Both uh, sides, of course, emerged on the court steps. So, you think that Justice uh, Roberts is going to then say, in his statement, if we read it correctly, uh, this won't affect the work of the court in any way. So, then the regular schedule would be June 26th is when we would
0: receive Somewhere the opinion. Between now and then, yes. Uh, I don't. If you read Alito's uh, opinion as well, he he addresses the. The, the possibility or at least the notion that the court would be influenced by political pressure. And he says that basically don't count on it. Uh, they know their job. They're going to do their job. And they, they, he said he does not know how the American people will react to this. That is, has nothing to do with the opinion that he's written. So I think they've already factored this in. I think the justices that are going to side, apparently, with Justice Alito have already counted the cost. Uh, this doesn't make it any easier for them, no question. It makes it harder. But I think they've already factored it in, and they are ready to take whatever uh, beating they're going to get in the public, you know, in the public square, as, you were, as it were, with their reputations and such. But, you know, we still obviously need to be praying for them and their safety and that they would have the courage to stick by their convictions and uh, get this thing done once and for all. And Robert versus Wade will land on the ash heap of history. Hallelujah. It's not time to celebrate, but the time is coming soon. Well that's right that's right and so when we think
1: about what this means in Ohio we have the heartbeat bill that was passed and signed by the governor a couple of years ago now and it's making its way through the court what does this what would this decision mean if the Dobbs decision goes in favor of the pro life laws of that state and and strikes down Roe v Wade what would it mean for Ohio's heartbeat bill
0: yeah, well, let's make clear for everyone that Roe v. Wade being overturned does not outlaw abortion in all 50 states. It just returns the issue of abortion to the state legislatures where it was prior to 1973. That means that a law like the Harpy Bill, which has been enjoined by the federal courts since 2019, would, you would assume, go into effect. But that will take the attorney general, along with prosecutors and others, to make the case to the supreme or to the federal courts that this law should go into effect. So there is going to be a process. Also, the pro-abortion advocates, their lawyers, I'm sure, are lining up at this very moment to sue, again, a different lawsuit against the harpy bill to try to stop it from going into effect. So there will be, an, uh, there will be a time uh, between the handing down of Roe v. Wade and when so something like the Harpy bill or a trigger law, if passed in our legislature, would actually go into effect. But from here forward, and here's the important thing, every pro-life piece of legislation will now be held up against Dobbs v. Jackson instead of Roe v. Wade. And that is a massive shift, a paradigm shift in abortion politics in America.
1: We're talking with Mark Harrington. He is the president of Created Equal. Mark, uh, it will be, as you say, a paradigm shift for life in this country, but it means that our work in many ways is just beginning. You know, in Ohio, of course, where abortion will be greatly restricted, almost eliminated, we believe, with, with this law, uh, with this decision and with the laws that we'll put in place. But there's work to be done legislatively to actually make sure that that's the case, There's also the women that still face uh, an unplanned unplanned pregnancy in which they will need help. They will need care in the crisis pregnancy centers or the pregnancy service centers across Ohio. They will be continuing to do their work that they've always done. But I think that we will be ready there to help the women who make the choice for life. But there will be other states. Let's not pretend on this. There will be pro-life states like Ohio and other in in the Midwest and in the South. But there will be radical abortion states like California and New York. So let's talk about New York, for instance. When Anthony Cuomo uh, sit there and signed a a piece of legislation that would allow abortion up to the ninth month, even partial birth abortion. Explain to us about New York, because you've made several trips there with the
0: team. Tell us about New York. Yeah, New York, among other states like California, Oregon, West uh, Washington, are what we would consider abortion havens. These will be places where parents would uh, travel to, possibly from an abortion-free state to uh, procure an abortion. So New York will be a destination, no question about it. So we have to be prepared to put our assets in the states where we can push over the finish line, the laws that have been held up to uh, since Roe v. raid was handed down. Ohio is one of those. But there will be border states. And, it's, you know, this may be similar to, say, uh, Michigan and Ohio, where it might be outlaw in Ohio and illegal in Michigan, where we have to be prepared to uh, provide the services necessary to parents who are considering abortion in these abortion haven states. And so the, the, the math changes. We can't fight 50 battles at, at the same time, but there are about 20 states or so that we could see fairly quickly outlawing abortion. Ohio should be one of them. And in fact, I would suggest to your listeners that the trigger law, so-called trigger law that has been stalled in the Ohio legislature needs to now be on the fast track.
1: What, do you have a bill number for that?
0: I don't, uh, right in front of
1: me. We, we will get that information to our folks, and of course, this will r- really ramp up those efforts. And I know that we are well-positioned with our state attorney general, Dave Yost, who is all but committed to this as well for life, the cause of life. And that's a good thing, and that we need pro-life legislators, a pro-life governor, and a pro-life attorney general in our state to make sure that the March for Life continues. Mark, uh, we just have two minutes left. Uh, quickly, tell us about the, the terrible tragedy, and, I, and it's not much time, but I direct people to your website so they can learn about the five that you're advocating for. These are the aborted uh, children that were discovered in a, in a trash receptacle there in Washington, D.C., not too long ago.
0: Yeah, this is no coincidence, uh, uh, Chris. I think that the Lord God is exposing abortion to our nation. Uh, five unborn babies who are in the late term, late trimester, were retrieved from the sidewalk in Washington, D.C., brought to the, uh, the medical examiner there in D.C. to try to bring justice. As you can imagine, D.C. is a very corrupt town. Unfortunately, justice has not been served at the five. We are still pressing forward with our attempts to bring justice. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz, among other senators, says there's going to be an investigation of this situation once they take the United States House and retain the U.S. Senate. So hopefully this is just one of many uh, battles that we're going to be facing in a post-Roe America. And now we no longer look to the U.S. Supreme Court as the arbiter of this issue, uh, God willing. Mark, I want to have you back on the program once this
1: decision comes down so we can rejoice together. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, Chris. Okay, and stay with us. On the other side, we'll be talking to Congressman Jim Jordan. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
3: The Ohio Christian Alliance Freedom Banquet is Thursday, May 12th, at the Crown Plaza Hotel in North Columbus. Featured speaker is former senator and statesman Rick Santorum. Rick will address the need to challenge the Marxist radical left's agenda in Washington and in our culture.
2: They've taken over the media. They've taken over Hollywood. they took over, long ago, higher education. And they took over our schools. They've taken over corporate America. They took over everything, and there's only two institutions of America left. And what are those two institutions, the church and the family, and they were coming
3: for both. Other special guests include Attorney General Dave Yost, State Treasurer Robert Sprague, and Secretary of State Frank LaRose. The reception is 6 p.m. The dinner is 7 p.m. Join us Thursday, May 12th for the Ohio Christian Alliance Freedom Banquet. To register, log on to OhioCA.org. That's OhioCA.org. Or phone 330-887-1922.
1: And we are pleased to have Congressman Jim Jordan with us from Ohio's 4th District. And what a time to have Jim on the program with this breaking news out of Washington last night, of course, with the leak of the Dobbs decision by Justice Alito, an unprecedented leak at the U.S. Supreme Court. Congressman, uh, welcome to the program. Good to be with you, Chris. Well, Jim, you and I have been fighting this battle for life for a long time. I can remember back in the day when you served in the Ohio Senate, we actually... Working on pro-life legislation back then, sure. he actually helped us to uh, have an actual picture when we're with uh, Governor Taft of, of all things uh, when he's signing the uh, Choose Life license plate uh, bill, and we yeah. were doing yeah. pro-life work way back then. You've been a fighter for life all this time. This has been a uh, anticipation, and yet to have this leak happen. What is going on, and what are you thinking about through all of this?
4: Well, no, no, you're right. The leak is is terrible. Uh, you know, this is this is you know one of our three separate equal branches of government, and the the credibility of the court has always been just uh, you know at the highest level, and so you you don't want to see this kind of thing happen. If in fact this is the decision, uh, you know, this is preliminary, this isn't final. But if the final decision is is as this opinion indicates, this draft opinion, then that is a victory for the sanctity of of human life, which as as you were talking about, Chris, is is, you know, one of those just fundamental issues. We want to protect all life. It's a gift of God, uh, from God, and it's, you know, I always, we all know that the document that started this experiment in freedom we call America, they talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and we always say you can't, you can't pursue happiness, you can't chase your goals and dreams if you don't first have freedom, and you never truly have real freedom if government doesn't protect your most fundamental right, and that's your right to live. So, um, but this, we don't know what the final decision is going to be when the court ultimately gives it. If this is an indication, though, then that that that's certainly just huge, huge news. Um, and we'll see what the investigation uh, that that Chief Justice Roberts has indicated is is beginning. Uh, what it determines as far as who uh, who leaked this draft opinion.
1: Well, you saw the Chief Justice statement today. Of course, he said this will not yep. disrupt the process of the court. Uh, we will continue and do the work that we do. Uh, does that lead you to believe that it will not be a um, hurry-up decision uh, to finalize this decision, but rather uh, more in keeping with uh, traditionally what would have been the June announcement for the cases that are in the docket?
4: Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I think we all expected this decision to come sometime in, in, in June or July. Uh, so, I, I Mike, that tells me that we'll probably get the final decision sometime here this, this summer, sometime after Memorial Day, but we don't know. Um, you know, and this is as, as everyone has indicated today. This is unprecedented uh, that that the court would actually leak a draft, but uh, it appears to be a real draft, and I think I think everyone understands that. We'll uh, we'll just have to wait and see.
1: Andy McCarthy was out there last night. This is a uh, tweet that he had. If this story is true, the court should issue its opinion right away. Otherwise, the disgraceful leak wins. I would say that. If uh, my side lost, if we lose the integrity of the court's process, we lose the court. That should be intolerable to all of us who live in this country. Um, It it looks as if it was a staffer from one of the liberal justices was some of the conjecture last night from the Daily Wire. But there seems to be good source material for that. And do you read in the Chief Justice's statement today that they're acknowledging that the leak came from within, not without?
4: Well, I think we all assume that someone on the inside had to do, do something. Uh, again, I don't want to. I don't want to speculate two months when they'll do a final decision and to what they'll do relative to determining who actually leaked this. I think the best thing to do is wait and see, um, and then let's let's hope that uh, the final decision is one that 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 you know uh, respects the sanctity of human life and, and and moves in the direction that I think we've all been wanting the court to go for now what almost 50 years since 1973 uh we we've always thought that this was we should we should have a protect adhere to the constitution leave this up to the states and and lobby your state legislature uh to 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 have pro-life laws in place that are going to protect unborn children um that's where we all wanted to go and let's hope that's where it ends up but we'll just again i think we're going to have to just wait and see what 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 unfolds here in the next uh, days and, and, and weeks. Some of your colleagues are really speaking
1: out about this. Uh, they don't understand how members of Congress, uh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Chuck Schumer, seem to have the copy very quickly. They had statements almost simultaneously with Politico's release.
4: What's your thoughts on that? Well, maybe that'll be part of what we what we learn in the in the coming days. Uh, I my my concern is that if you're already hearing this, and I I've, you know I thought this would be the case if we got a, a pro life decision on the on the Mississippi case. Uh, if we get that, you're going to see a push from the left. They've already introduced the legislation, but you're going to see the the, the push on the left to, to uh, pack the court. And Nadler and, and other members introduced this a while back, months ago. Um, Joe Biden put together the commission to look at the court issues and to look at packing the court uh, 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 that the Democrats have raised. That is a terrible place to go, but you're already seeing people talk about that and getting rid of the filibuster in an effort to pass legislation that would allow Joe Biden to pack the court. I hope, um, I hope that doesn't happen. I think that would be a terrible, terrible thing um, for the Democrats to try to put four new associate justices on the United States Supreme Court but again, you're already hearing talk about that.
1: Well, you hear talk about it, but they'd have to break the filibuster, and and uh, yep. there's two senators that are not willing for that to happen. That's Joe Machin and Kirsten Sinema. So that has been yeah. a firewall. You know, it was um, our good friend Rick Santorum will be a speaker in uh, Columbus next week for our Freedom Banquet. When when Rick was in the Senate, and of course, when he left the Senate, he would say, "Look, I'm for the filibuster." Uh, In fact, he debated when people wanted to get rid of it during the first term, first years of Trump, oh, we should get rid of the filibuster and just go nuclear and get all this stuff through. And he said, no, I'd have to disagree with you there. The filibuster's been a firewall against the radical left in my entire time in Congress. I'd have to disagree with you. I think it's a good safety net uh, to keep us from the very radical ideas our our founding fathers put uh, these majorities there so that it would be
4: a thoughtful process. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, there's been times I've been frustrated and said we should we should think about changing it, but I I, I in in the long haul I think I think uh, Senator Santorum is is right. We're we're glad it's there because it tempers some of the stuff and and we've and I think now when you look at it, what the left has been doing, all the crazy things they are doing. And just look at our border. Look at look look at look where they want to go. Look what build back better with with what they've done with. Uh, with crime, with inflation. I mean, the the crazy policies they have, it's a it's a good thing that we have that that uh, safeguard in place. And uh, we want to keep it that way because uh, the the left would do. I mean, again, look at just the issue we're talking about. They want to pack the court. If they had uh, if there was no filibuster, I think they would pass that. And that is that is just just flat out wrong. Uh, So it's a good thing we have that uh, that safeguard in place.
1: Well, a big Republican wave is coming. Obviously, today is primary day. We don't know the results of it, and uh, we'll see that later tonight. And, of course, uh, we'll we'll be debating that the rest of the week, uh, in the coming weeks, of how things uh, shook out here in the Ohio primary. But going into November, of course, the prospects look really good for the Republicans to take back at least the U.S. House of Representatives. What is the plan for the fight-back plan for the Republicans at this point?
4: Well, look, I always say that if, if we, if the American people put us back in power, our jobs to do what we told them we were going to do, do what we said we would do. Um, and now it'll be tough to get legislation into law and actually pass things into law because Joe Biden's still going to be in the, in, the, in the White House. But we should pass bills that make sense. We should pass a good border security bill. We should pass a bill that deals with the big tech concerns. We should we should pass legislation that, that on on energy and on on respecting parents and parents rights and, and parents being in control of their kids education we should do all those things joe biden's not going to sign them but in addition to that we should focus on the uh, doing the investigations that need to be done so the American people have the truth so they know what actually took place with for example dr fauci and and, and this uh, the things he Cdc and dr fauci put us through the attacks on our liberty what happened when so I believe that virus came from a lab in China. And why did Dr. Fauci mislead us on, on that? We need to look at the, the, the Department of Justice targeting parents who are showing up at school board meetings, putting this threat tag label on moms and dads who are simply showing up, speaking out for their for, for the well-being. So those are need to happen. We need to look at the Hunter Biden story. We need to look at uh, some election concern issues that I think so many Americans have in general about the election process. We need the Ways and Means Committee needs to look at uh, how, did, how did thousands of Americans' tax returns become public? So there are all these issues that I think the country is entitled to uh, know the truth about and get the facts about. So that's something we'll have to do as well if, 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 we're, if we're given the majority. We're talking with Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio's fourth
1: district. Uh Jim, you have a new district. Uh it's been redrawn a little bit. Uh, uh yep. you have some new counties drawn into your district. Are you getting out there meeting with some of the new folks?
4: Oh yeah. Yeah. We we got you know, half of Delaware County now. We're we're getting back into uh you know, a decade ago we had uh Richland County and we're getting uh, that county and then we're gonna have uh just there, county? a couple weeks ago. Ashland, Ashland County, yeah, we're getting Ashland University and, and uh uh, so we got a number of counties, Hardin County coming back. So a number of counties we're getting, we're losing some great counties, but we're we're picking up some great counties as well. Well, we finally had a
1: victory in getting these maps. Of you know, the, the battle basically uh, stalled because uh, there was actually a rumor that there was going to be a statewide at-large ballot for congressional districts. <laughs> yeah. I think the Democrats yeah. heard that. marino O'Connor, they didn't want anything of that because it would have wiped out the Democrats. We were getting prepared for a an actual uh, press conference on that Wednesday, and I didn't even know it was the State of the State Address. It would have been a great time, backdrop of the State of the State Address, to roll out with a group of uh, coalition groups to talk about a statewide at-large ballot, and then, lo and behold, uh, Miss O'Connor and the rest of the Democrats begged off and dismissed that case. How about that?
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, shazam, shazam, it just happened, so... Uh, no, uh, look, but let, let's hope they get the state House and state Senate seats figured out, too. But yeah, the other congressional uh, you know, uh, seats are settled, and we've got, got an election that's going on today. And, and then we'll have, of course, the, the, the big elections coming in, in six months. And uh, let's hope. We never want to be overconfident, but you, you do want to campaign confidently. Go out and talk with the, the people of, of Ohio and the people of this great country, and let's hope that uh, Republicans are back in charge after this, uh, this fall's midterm election. Well, that's right. And, of course, the Senate has
1: good prospects as well. And, of course, Ohio will be very uh, key. Uh, the U.S. Senate seat held by uh, yeah. you know, Rob Portman, of course, is up. And whoever wins the primary today will be the nominee going up against Tim Ryan. And yeah. uh, that will be, a, that will be a, a very spirited race, of course. And then there's some congressional districts in Ohio that will be swing districts, like the 13th, uh, the 9th, uh, maybe yeah. even the 1st district might be in contention mm-hmm. for the Democrats so it, yep. it, it's it's unknown exactly how many Republicans you will be taking back with you to Congress uh, how are you feeling pretty confident about that uh, your prospects going from November going into January 1
4: 2023 yeah yeah I do feel good because everything that the Democrats have done has been so terrible I mean the left controls that party now and and, and, and the left's policies are just I mean we went from a secure border to complete chaos all in 16 months. We went from energy independence to the president of the United States begging OPEC and Iran and Venezuela to increase production. We, we went from uh, you know, for, uh, re, re, uh, energy independence to $4 gas everywhere and $6 gas in, in, in California. Uh, we went from relatively safe streets to record level of crime in every major urban area. And of, and, of, and, of course, we, we went from stable prices to now 41-year high inflation rate. So that all that, been policy messes that, that, you know, with, with the exit that, that, that was that, that from Afghanistan, that whole debacle. Um, and, of course, maybe most concerning is what the Democrats attacks on our First Amendment liberty. Um, so I think when, when you look at all, there's a reason, Chris, that 67 percent of the country thinks we're going on the wrong track. Um, And I think the real question is sometimes is, who are the 33% who think we're on the right track, for goodness sake? So the country gets it, the country has common sense, and I do think that there's a darn good chance that they're going to say it's time for a change and they're going to put Republicans back in charge of Congress.
1: President Biden, we have to address this issue. There has been lots of questions of his cognizant ability over the number of months now. Uh, there's been instances where he has just seemed uh, lost in space, mm. that he's just walking around aimlessly. He's always needing an attendant. I mean, there's people that have lampooned this and joked about it, but the fact of the matter is we're talking about the, the office of the presidency. Jim, there yeah. obviously has to be concern among your colleagues, even your Democratic colleagues. Have Have you talked to some of the Democrats about this issue of the president's...
4: Uh, uh, I have not. Yeah, I'm not Chris, but but you're right. The country sees it. it just as importantly, uh, our, our our adversaries around the world see it, and it's it's unfortunate. Um, you know, I actually feel sorry for the president uh, uh, when you saw that one that video footage of, of of when President Obama was there at the White House, yes. former President Obama, and it's it's just sad to watch. You, you don't want to ever have that happen to any individual. You either your heart goes out to him. But but you're right. We're talking about the president of the United States. We're talking about the commander in chief of the greatest country in history. And it's, it's, it's just wrong. It's unfortunate to see it. But, um, you know, I, 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 I think that, like I said, the country's about ready to send a message, uh, in the midterm election and, um, you know, and then, then, you know, we'll get to 24. I think president Trump's going to run again. I want him to, and I think he's going to win. And so we'll, uh, we'll just have to do the best we can, um, until, until such time.
1: Do you see a situation developing where the 25th Amendment might have to be invoked if the president is unable to do the basic, uh, you know, conduct of his office on a daily basis? Could you see a situation in which the 25th Amendment would have to be invoked
4: if the Republicans took control of both the House and the Senate? Well, but but the Twenty Fifth Amendment is is, is the, the cabinet officials who have to do that. So you're going to have to have the people that Joe Biden's put in his cabinet. They're going to have to make that that, that move. Um, you know, if Republicans are in charge and more Republicans are talking about it, I, I don't know that that impacts it one way or the other. I think it's just in the end that's, that's going to be that's going to be a decision for for cabinet officials in in the Biden administration. And I don't know that they're I don't know that they're they're going to go that direction.
1: How do you see the uh, campaign playing out the rest of this summer now that the primaries will be over, the nominees will be known? Uh, what will be the platform for the Republicans going into fall? Obviously, there's inflation. Everyone is facing that. The, the gas prices had a little reprieve there for a couple weeks, but they're back up. And when I say reprieve, if you want to call uh, you know, three fifty-six a gallon of reprieve, uh, it certainly isn't the level of gas prices we had under Mr. Trump. But now it's back up over $4, and I mean families are being, and businesses are being hit with the cost of inflation, and they're not being able to keep pace. Obviously, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, Congressman, and I'm sure you're hearing from business leaders and farmers in your area. And let me ask you that. From a farm district, uh, what are the farmers telling you? I mean, are we going to have issues with crops this year because of the cost of fertilizer, seed, and production, or is it going to be uh, you know farming as, 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 uh, as
4: normal? Well, things are going to cost more. I mean, yeah, I've heard from people in agriculture talking about the price of fertilizer, but, but everything costs more. You know, all the inputs they have to put the crop in the ground and, and then harvest it in the, in, in the fall. Uh, everything's costing more because you got a 41-year high inflation, and it, it's, it's driven by the poor policies. And that's what's going to drive the election is the country knows that the Biden administration is doing this intentionally. What they're doing to the border is intentional. There's no other rational... Conclusion: Anyone could reach. It is intentional what they're doing there. It's t- even if Joe Biden wanted to do the right thing on energy, as an example, he couldn't because the radical left, which controls the Democrat Party, won't let him. They won't let him say, "Okay, we're going to we're going to bring back the Keystone Pipeline. We're going to open up Anwar. We're going to increase the the leases on federal land for drill." They won't let him do it. So the the the, the country knows we. And, and I think they're going to elect Republicans as as at least some kind of stop on the craziness, on the madness coming from the left. But um, to really turn things around, we can put a check on it if we're back in control of Congress, but to really turn things around, we're going to have to win back the White House uh, with President Trump in 2024.
1: Congress holds the purse strings, one of the things that you do actually have. And so, uh, you know, there could be fiscal restraints on the administration and what they're wanting to do. How might that
4: play out if... uh... Congress gets hold oh, good of point. Uh, yep.
0: Yeah. Good point.
4: Good point, Chris. Yeah. We, we, you know, we got the big appropriations, um, bills that are due by September 30th of each year. So if in fact, we're in the majority in, in, in the house as an example, we can, we can say, look, unless you want to do, and I don't think you can pick like 10 things. You got to pick one or two really important things. I think immigration is the biggest one, but it could be education. It could be energy as well, but you pick those big issues. And you say, okay, Joe Biden and, and, And Chuck Schumer, if you want this level of spending, some of these ridiculous levels of spending, um, you're going to have to give give on some policy. Um, And the policy is we're going to have to actually secure our border. We're going to have to make sure that parents, uh, you know, we do something to help parents' rights in education, or we do something big on energy. I think that's where you can you can maybe get some kind of agreement. But um, we'll just again have to have to wait and see. But I, I think you probably have to push for. Um, immigration is is the issue. I think is, is front and center because that is what is happening on our border is just so out of control. And it's again, it's not just people coming across; it's drugs coming across, and all the implications and, and all the bad things that happen to the people who are being, you know, brought here by the cartels and all that. So there's a host of concerns. We got to get cons- uh, our our border back under control and, and and secure again. So I think it's probably that issue. One other thing, we
1: see a younger uh, member running for Congress these days. We have some younger uh, people running for the 7th, uh, however that race is determined, also in the 13th. So there's going to be some fresh faces faces in Washington, and there are going to be younger uh, firebrands uh, ready to get to work. I'm sure that, that that new blood is encouraging to you to see young Republicans in the millennial class uh, coming to Washington. Your thoughts on that as we close
4: out? Yeah, and, and so many of these new newer, younger people coming in, in into uh, into Congress are members of the Freedom Caucus, and they're willing to come there and do what they told the voters they were going to do, fight for the families back home, and, and make sure they're representing the, the, the far too many Americans who feel like Washington has forgotten them. They want a member who's going to go there and remember them and fight for them. And so uh, that's a good thing. And a lot of those new members, we, we actually, in the last election, the Freedom Fund uh, supported uh, a number of particularly young uh, uh, and, and uh, conservative women candidates, we had uh, Mary Miller, we had Yvette Harrell, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, a number of that we supported who wound up winning. And they're there fighting, uh, fighting a good fight on behalf yep. of uh, folks in their respective districts.
1: And they're definitely making their mark. Well, listen, Congressman, thank you for coming on the program today on this historic day after that leak. And hopefully we portend that the (sighs) ultimate decision on abortion would strike down Roe v. Wade. And I know that that will be a delight to your heart as you've been with us on the life issue your whole career. We want to thank you for that commitment. And uh, thank you for your service, and we look forward to catching up with you down the road. You bet, Chris. Thanks for all the good work you do. Take care. Thank you, Congressman. Again, that's Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio's 4th District. And, uh, of course, uh, the election is tonight. The polls will close at 730, and uh, then we'll start to see what the returns are on this primary day. But we're glad that you were able to join us. If you've missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at OhioCA.org. And so uh, let me take a few minutes to tell you about the Freedom Banquet before we close out for the evening. The Freedom Banquet is coming up uh, next Thursday, May 12th, at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Columbus. Our featured speaker is Rick Santorum. He is former senator, of course, and he's really a statesman. And his voice is needed now more than ever. And Rick gave a great speech at the National Religious Broadcaster's a convention just a few weeks ago in nashville tennessee and he's going to be talking to us about the importance of faith and that how the marxists are attacking every level of our government as we can see with this leak at the u.s supreme court and a leak that has not happened in that institution in over a hundred years and of course this is the big decision of this session of the court so how can that be overlooked And so we can see that they are seeking to tear down institutions, tear down our traditions, our history, our culture, and our our borders, and our language, of course, is all of what the leftists seek to destroy. But you know, there's a way that we can fight back. Obviously, the faith and family is the way in which the two institutions that have been the bedrock of this country from its beginning. And uh, that's what we seek to do at the Ohio Christian Alliance, is encourage the family to support the family and the church at the Ohio Statehouse, and also in Washington, D.C., with public policy that supports the family, that defends the unborn, that defends life, defends religious liberty, and also defends the right of parents to be able to guide and, and structure and to raise their children as they see fit, not how the state wants to dictate to the children. And we have a big problem in the coming weeks. We're going to have with us on this program a member of the State Board of Education, Kirsten Hill, is going to share with us just how bad it's become in the Ohio classroom with the uh, terrible, uh, really illicit material that they're putting in the hands of our children, uh, K through 12. And folks, it's an eye-opener, uh, and, a, and a shocker, I saw some of the material last week in a presentation, and i got to tell you, it's pornographic, it's, it's horrible, and it must be dealt with on the local level. Find out what your student is learning in school, and there's no better way than you sit down with your student, your grandchild, and go over their studies with them and find out what they're learning. And also go to the school PTAs and get involved and go to the state uh, local school board meetings and get involved. That's, what, that's how we succeed. Is being salt and light. Again, uh, thanks for joining us tonight. And if you've missed the program, any of it, part of it, you can hear it in its entirety at the website at ohioca.org. You have
0: thanks been listening for listening. To News and focus with your host Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.